everyone, welcome to the Future Ready podcast. My name is Kevin Brookhauser. I'm a teacher at York School here in Monterey, California. And I am going to use this podcast to talk a little bit about motivation and project-based learning. If you are listening to this through the podcast, glad you're here. If you're uh, watching this on my YouTube channel, that's great as well. If either of those media work for you, you can toggle back and forth. But um, I hope to continue to post video of at least my end of the podcast uh, on my YouTube channel. So last week, my friend Monica wrote me uh, after having a conversation with a fellow teacher about her class. Um, this other teacher teaches eighth grade college in career readiness and yearbook. And uh, she wrote that some students are reluctant to apply themselves because failing the course has no real consequence. So that's a really interesting question and it's something uh, that I'm particularly fascinated about. You know, a lot of the work that I do revolves around motivation and how do we motivate students to you know, apply themselves, particularly in a creative and innovative way. And that's really why I'm a big fan of project-based learning. You know, I when when I was in school, uh, I wasn't particularly motivated by grades. Uh, I was much more interested in making things, and that's that kind of informs a lot of what I do as a teacher as well. So this teacher's in really great shape to be talking about me to have students who are not motivated by grades. Uh, before I dig in deeper to that to that question. I want to first say that you're not alone. Uh, even teachers who uh, are deeply embedded into project-based learning where grades are not the primary source of motiv motivators, uh, we all suffer with having some students who simply just don't feel motivated. So this question comes up a lot. I, I often get the question, you know, my, my background is doing a lot of having students work on projects that have a real world application. And the whole point of that is to create motivation when grades and, and extrinsic motivators actually fail to motivate students to be creative and innovative the way that I want them to be in my class. But no matter what, you. Uh, this this question comes up a lot. It comes up in my own classes. I have students who just don't always feel motivated to put in the kind of effort that they want to put in. Um, so first, let's let's spend a little time talking about grades and motivation and whether grades are an effective motivator. One of the things that I learned uh, through my research and, and my reading particularly, I, I talk a lot about this book called Drive by Daniel Pink, and he talks a lot about what motivates people to be innovative. And one of the things that he reveals is that that extrinsic motivators, for him as, a, as someone who speaks to a lot of business managers, when we think about extrinsic motivation, we think about salary bonuses or you know other, other sorts of carrots and sticks that a, that a business manager might give employees to try to motivate them to be more effective you know sometimes that's in the form of commission we as teachers have extrinsic motivators that they're in the form often in the form of grades we give a student a good grade if they perform the way we want them to perform and then we give them a bad grade if they fail to do that and that works when you're simply asking a student or an employee to, 
you know, meet to follow a set of instructions to complete a task. So I, I call those algorithmic tasks. If you simply want to, you know, teach a student how to solve the Pythagorean theorem, then you can give them the instructions on how to do that and uh, have, and then test them on that and give them a grade. And, and I've found that, that giving students grades tends to motivate that, that well. Now, if, uh, as, as this teacher mentions, you know, failing a course has no real consequence for these students, then those grades aren't even going to, or, or grades aren't even going to motivate that kind of activity. So that's why I'm really excited about this question because they're, the kind of learning that I want the, my students to participate in actually doesn't have anything to do with extrinsic motivators. The, the goal is to try to tap into something that's intrinsically motivating. That's why I'm really excited about this question that, that comes up because the kind of learning experiences that I think are most important for students to have are those that cannot be motivated through extrinsic motivators like grades. So for those students who aren't motivated to pass or fail a class, let's look for ways to tap into some intrinsic motivation. And I believe that uh, the way to do that is, is look for some authentic purpose for that student to work on that project, whatever it is. Now, a lot of uh, teachers that I interact with spend a lot of time thinking about passion and creating these like passion projects that students might be interested in. And if your students have a particular passion that they want to uh, pursue, then they should definitely, per th th that is one opportunity to tap into something that's intrinsically motivating. Um, but often I find that my students' passions, either my students don't have these deep passions or their passions just don't tie into kind of my curricular goals, what I want to get out of my students. Um, if my student is passionate about playing the saxophone or playing Minecraft, you know, all of those things are, I, I you know, I've, I don't object to any of those pursuits. Of course, I'm interested in students who want to pursue music or a creative outlet like Minecraft. Those are, those are great opportunities for students to explore, but, but a lot of times they don't align to my particular goals that I have for my class. So I try to find some ways to steer those passions into a project that has a real world purpose. So instead of simply taking on a project that merely where a student wants to learn how to play the saxophone or get better at the saxophone, I look for an audience for that student. And if I can find someone out there in the community or out there on the internet who would benefit from uh, the, the work that my student wants to do. If I can put on a recital for a local, uh, if a student who's interested in, in the saxophone can put on a recital for a local retirement community, or if they can post videos of them learning how to play the saxophone, then that can be really valuable. Or if uh, a student who's really into Minecraft can find a way to uh, create geometric structures that help teach other students about how the Pythagorean theorem works, then there we can align passion with purpose. But like I said, a lot of my students don't come to the table with a whole lot of passions, which to me is kind of tragic, but I've seen that it happens. And that's why it is a 
a good idea to really focus more on a purpose. So find an audience for your students to work on projects that have real world application. And I believe that whatever class that you're teaching, whether that's college readiness or career readiness or math or physics or English or history, whatever class that you're teaching, you can incorporate some sort of project that allows the students to work on something to meet your academic goals, but also that serves a real world audience. And I believe that when you ask your students to connect with a real audience, they will become intrinsically motivated to pursue the kind of work that you want them to do because that's how we really get excited to produce something is when we know that others depend upon the work that we're doing and that we're having an impact outside of ourselves. So a lot of the times those look like service projects. Now the question is, how do you find an audience that could really use the, the work that your students are doing? Um, luckily we live in the era of the long tail, which is a, another book that I highly recommend that people read, where one is able to produce work in a very, uh, with, a, with a very niche audience and reaches an audience outside using the power of the internet. The other thing that I would consider that you choose uh, is, is look for audiences on either end of the age spectrum. So what I mean by that is have, have students work on projects that are intended for an audience of either the, the young, the very young, or of the old. Both of those uh, audiences have a what seemed to be an unending thirst for the kind of work that uh, elementary, middle, and, and high school students produce. And so if you can partner with any of those organizations, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be in a partnership with uh, the local children's museum. And so our students do work to, uh, to support that museum. And then also we were connected with this other organization called the Carmel Foundation, where my students have gone out and taught uh, older, older citizens, our, our local retired community and senior citizens, how to use technology. And both of those kinds of projects have, have become really valuable. So, uh, to conclude, I just want to say that, that there is no silver bullet solution to motivate all students, but I would suggest that you try a variety of methods of tapping in to intrinsic motivation instead of extrinsic motivation like grades and comments. Uh, that said, though, that doesn't always work, and you'll, you know, I found that there is kind of a, a, a curve of of in, in any sort of project, some students are gonna be wildly successful, just a few students. The In the middle, a lot of students are gonna be kind of moderately successful, and then there's going to be some friends who just don't aren't interested, wanna call it in. And uh, I'd hate to eliminate the possibility of, of having students create real meaningful projects because of a, of a few students who were not motivated. Hopefully that answers uh, you know your question on some level and uh, happy to, to talk to you more. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening.